0: This is the Way Family Church sermon podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear God's word. We invite you to join us in person, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at Lawford Middle School here in Tucson, Arizona. We hope to see you soon. lie to get elected and continue to lie once they're in office, don't they? People lie to the government, especially during tax season. And the government also lies to the people. Educators lie, scientists lie, the media lies, teachers lie, and all types of leaders, unfortunately, lie. Now, this is just something that is a reality, but why? Because of our fallen nature. Because we are fallen people. We are living in a world that has been permeated by sin. And so we sometimes do things without even realizing what we're doing. And so the fact of the matter is that we lie. Now, this isn't to say that everyone that I just listed is are liars. I was just saying we we've all lied, right? And as we are sanctified, that means as we grow in holiness and knowing Christ, then we are convicted and we say less lies. We're more uh, uh, we're transformed to be more Christ-like, and then we become trustworthy people. For who do you know that is your best friend that is untrustworthy? The people who you call friends are the people that you can trust, you know, and you know them. You know that when Tony's telling you something, he's telling you the truth because that's his character. But then there are also people that as soon as they open their minds, their mouths, you know that you can't trust them. And so that's a a challenge that we have today from James. And I want to show you this because this is of utmost importance. What we say really matters And have you noticed that sometimes we are so ingrained into the habit of lying that we have to swear? We have to say, I swear to you, I'm telling you the truth. (laughs) Have you heard that? Have we done that or not? I think we've all have have done that. I swear to you, I'm telling you the truth. And this is what we're going to look at today. Now, it's important for us to consider this and to think, why do we lie and should we quit lying? I think it is important for us to look at this because look at what John 8, 44 says. It says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We don't want our character, right, to be identified as a liar, we don't want to be like satan we want not to be children of the devil as described here by the way in this passage jesus is talking to the pharisees who are supposed to be the religious spiritual leaders of the day so instead we need to listen to the word of god and if we continue reading there in john eight forty seven, he says whoever is of God, hears the words of God. So therefore, he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus says this about himself. So now let's hear the words of God. What are the words of God? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So he is the truth. Jesus claims to be the truth. And when we have a relationship with Jesus, we will be provoked, we will be uh, concerned about the truth. And we will want to be characterized in spirit and in truth. And so the more we know Jesus, the more we are inclined in being honest. Because Jesus himself is pure. He never spoke a lie. There was total honesty. He was characterized as the righteous one, the holy one of God. And we can only attain such characteristics through Christ himself. And so we need to be keen to listen, keen to listen to the words of God, because this is, again, a mark of a true believer. What we say matters. Now, think think about this. If we are the members of the body of Jesus, if we are part of the church, if we are believers, then we are members of one another. Okay? And so Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore, having put away all falsehood, put that away, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And so as believers, this is the most important thing that we ought to do. That is to speak truth. We need to be faithful. We need to be honest. We need to be trustworthy as Jesus was. And so now let me take you to James chapter five. We're just going to focus on one verse today, giving you that setup right there. What we say matters. Our honesty matters. And this is how important it is! It says in James chapter 5, verse 12, but above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation. That's the word from James to us today. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you so much for your word. We ask that you would speak to our hearts today, Lord Jesus. We're not here by coincidence, Father. We're not here because it was necessarily our plan to be here, but because you ordained for us to be here today. And so we ask that you would speak into our hearts. We know that your purpose is for us to hear this today. Help us understand your word in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we continue the book of James now, we see that James really presses on believers to be different, to be distinct. Jesus really upped the bar for Christians. So we have to be different. What we say matters. So James issues a command here, and that's the title of our sermon. It is Quit Swearing. And what I'd like for us to do is focus on this single verse and Take it apart if we can because there's a lot that's going on here so let's take a look at the features of this important command that we find in this verse what i'd like to look at is one the difference between this particular command and what we've seen in the past there's something very different here or something distinct here and i also want to look at the restriction there's a restriction here for us and then from there i want to go into the instruction and then the reason for this particular uh, command okay so let's start with the difference Or what makes this particular command distinct? And I think it's important to look into this because this particular verse starts with, but above all. That means, but first most. That means, but everything that we have said so far, it's important. But this is of utmost importance. Okay? It starts with that. So therefore, we have to give it time of day. We have to review, okay, what else has James says that makes this above all that? In regards to words, he has already said a few things. So let me take you back to chapter 1, verse 26. James already said, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless, or this person's outward practice is worthless. In other words, if you can't control your tongue, whatever it is that you're trying to do to show that you're a Christian is worthless. Because we really know someone by the way we we talk with, we engage with one another. So you can act all good and stuff, right? But if you are not speaking in a way that really exemplifies Christ, what you're doing, the way that you're behaving is worthless. All right. And vice versa. So there's actions and words. All these things matter. And in chapter two now of James, he also had said, So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. In other words, what he's saying is because we have been set free from the law of sin and death through Jesus, our speech should give evidence to that. We are no longer under the law uh, of condemnation, but now we're under the law of liberty. Therefore, we should say so. You know, we should our, the way that we talk should be different in that recognizing that we have been redeemed from the bondage of sin. Then uh, in chapter three. That's where we are. Verse two, James says this about the tongue. Actually, he says a lot. So I'm just going to really review what he says. He pretty much makes it clear that controlling the tongue is very important, doesn't he? He uses a lot of imagery here to make his point. He talks about how the, 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 the tongue is like a small rudder. He talks about how it, uh, how how much power it has in that it could be very dangerous. And he compared it to a wildfire. Remember, kids, we used the little picture of that little lizard from Frozen 2. I forgot the little lizard's name, but it had fire and this little lizard was running around and it started a big forest fire. Exactly. Our tongues have that ability. We can say just a few words and everyone flips out because we're careless with what we say. So, again, what we say matters, how we say it matters. We need to think a little bit before we say anything, because our job as Christians is to admonish, to encourage, to speak truth, but in love. Okay. And those two go together and they're important for them to go together. We can't just blab things out. We have to be wise in what we say because what we say can be as devastating as a wildfire. It can also be as devastating as a wild animal is another uh, bit of imagery that James used there in that passage. And then in chapter 4, verse 11, James says, do not speak evil against one another. In other words, don't slander one another. For by doing this, we don't just slander the person that we think we're slandering. We also slander the law of God, which also means we slander God himself. So again, what we say matters, doesn't it? It really, really uh, says a lot about a Christian's character or a person's character if we're using words according to the will of the Lord. And that's what it's all about. It's about us walking and behaving according to God's will. And so what James is doing right now is he's giving us some pretty good advice, some pretty solid advice. And this is a very practical book all in all. And so what we have here next is very important for us to understand. And so now we go to chapter five, verse 12. We just read that passage and it starts with above all that. Hmm. Why is this particular thing more important let's say above all that and I think it's because if you need to swear on anything that already says a lot about you okay if you just say what you're gonna do just say it but if you have to say I swear I'm gonna do this I already can see that just because you had to swear on that you're probably typically a liar So this is why this is of utmost importance because if we are genuine in our speech, if we actually mean what we say and say what we mean, we don't need to swear at all. It's just yes or no, and that's what James is saying. And so everything that we do and everything that we say needs to be a characteristic of godliness and not worldly wisdom. And we saw that also in James. But when we say, I swear on my mom, Mmm, I already don't believe you, you know? Anyone who needs to swear like that is probably someone who's in the habit of lying. So much so that this time, they really want you to know that you're not lying. And even then, it's hard for me to believe you. Don't you agree? Like, would would it be hard to believe someone who is is in habit of lying all the time? Sure, and so this is why this is of utmost importance, because we don't want to be discredited by having to swear left and right. I swear. I promise you. I do this. I do that. On my mother's grave. You even know what that means? I had to look it up. What does it mean to swear on my mother's grave? That means that you can invoke, invoke the, the wrath of your mother. You know? Even out of her grave if she has passed away to, to bring just judgment to you. That's what that means. It's kind of weird. But it actually comes from somewhere. And I want to show that to you today. So let's not be discredited by having to swear because we are typically liars is what James is saying here. But one thing that he's doing, and I think he does it graciously, is he also says, my brothers. You know why that's so important? Because he's not making himself higher than the rest. He acknowledges that he is also susceptible to this kind of downfall, this kind of shortcoming. And I think we all are. You know, I am a pastor of a church and I lied to my wife about my numb leg. We're all susceptible to to being deceitful. None of us are above the other. Only Jesus is perfect and we can only be sanctified by him and through his spirit. And so what he's doing is actually speaking truth in love. He's saying what we need to to hear, but he's also saying it in a way that's loving and kind and saying, hey, I'm not degrading you guys. I'm not saying that you guys are terrible and you stink at everything that you do because I also need help. All right. All right. But here's the fact of the matter is, we all need to grow here. We all need to grow here. And so that's a very loving statement from from Jesus, above all my brothers, I'm here with you. Not my subjects, not my children, my brothers. He's making himself equal in this regard. This is James, the half brother of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Like this man grew up with the Christ. How cool is that? He says, above all, my brothers. And now what I want to look at is the restriction that we get from this verse. Okay, what's the restriction? The restriction is do not swear. Don't swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. Now, this is very fascinating to me because at first glance, you hear this general statement of don't swear. So then what we just did today, was that something we weren't supposed to do? You know, because we just made a promise. Well, there's a difference, and there's something particular that James is hitting on. And what James is doing, he's simply just saying what Jesus has already said. He's simply going back to the Sermon on the Mount and the teachings of Jesus. In fact, let's go there. I want to take you there. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. And this is Jesus' teaching. And he says, again, you have heard that it was said of those of old. You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Now, Jesus is saying, again, you have heard that it was said of those of old. So that means that they've heard something. They've been taught something. Jews know a thing or two about this matter. But it almost sounds like he's referring to the Old Testament. In this particular case, he's not referring to the things that were said of, old, of the Old Testament. But instead, the things that have been taught through rabbinic tradition. The rabbis there would take the law of Moses and they would make their interpretations to help people kind of understand how to put it into practice. But there were so many different schools of thought that they had to have this rule book. And did you know that there was rules on swearing oaths? So when we're talking about swearing, we're not talking about cussing, although that's also bad. And the the Bible says we shouldn't do that either. This particular swearing is in regards to making oaths, to making promises. Like, Like what we were just saying earlier. I promise you, I swear to you that I'm being honest with you right now. This is what James is hitting on, or Jesus is hitting on this time. And he says, you have heard it said from the rabbinic tradition. And this is what the rabbinic tradition said. You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. In other words, there was a right way to swear and there was a wrong way to swear. Do you see that? So what was the right way to swear? I'll have to show this to you because it's amazing. All right. He says, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God. Keep going. Or by the earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head. For you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. Now let's go back a little bit there. Jesus is giving us an example because this is according to the rules. He says, do not take an oath at all either by heaven or the throne of God or by earth for it is his footstool. Why is he giving us these examples? Because the right way to swear was to use the name of God. Because if you said, I swear to God, That I will do such and such thing then that was a valid contract for the Jews this is the way of signing contracts they didn't have those official documents where you would sign and then it was archived somewhere and then a judge would move according to those those documents as we do today this time it was I swear to God that I will do such and such thing but if you use the name of God that was a legit swear a legit promise but here's the thing, though. And this is the problem that James is hitting on. And this is the problem that Jesus is hitting on If some people would swear like this. I swear I will fall through with my promises, you know, and they have their their fingers crossed. In fact, I think I have a picture of that. We'll just put it up there for now. I swear on this. And instead of saying the name of God, there's a little clause There's a way for me to be able to get out of my swearing, right, my oath. I swear on heaven, or I swear on Jerusalem, or I swear on the temple, but I won't necessarily use the name of God. Do you see the the deception that is in this kind of oath-taking? This is what Jesus is hitting on. This is what James is hitting on, is don't be deceptive. Don't try to be using oaths for your advantage. Because sometimes it's easy to say, I swear to you that I will do such and such thing. <laughs> you know. But you don't actually mean it. Why would you do that? Because you're trying to gain something. You're trying to advance in a way that is unrighteous and ungood. Un- right? I, I, excuse my English. It's hard. I don't know words sometimes. It's just not the right way to go about things, because you're trying to advance. You're trying to gain, gain in a way that is just dishonest. And so this is exactly what what Jesus is hitting on. And then he goes on and he says, so don't swear by the throne of God or by earth because it is the footstool of God or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of God. Or do not take an oath on your head because you don't even have the power to make a hair on your head black or white. That means you're powerless just as an individual. You're still a creation of God. In other words, don't swear on anything because Everything, all things have been created by God. So if you swear on anything, even remotely close, you run the risk of invoking God's wrath because that's what made contracts legitimate. If you swore on the name of God, that means that if I did not come across my promise, then we can invoke the wrath of God upon you and your family. And in that day, that was a very serious matter. People feared this kind of thing. And so what Jesus is saying is, Everything is God's. Don't even go there. It's like, what? Do not try to be deceitful in what you say. Now let's go to Matthew, because this is why now Jesus says what he does in Matthew chapter 23 now. He says this, verse 16. Woe to you blind guides who say, who are saying, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, then he is bound by his his oath. Huh. So there's like clauses here. Okay. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears swears by it and by everything on it, and whoever swears by the temple swears by it, uh, uh, and by him who dwells in it, and whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Jesus is saying, "You know all these rules, but I tell you, we're gonna we're gonna turn it up a notch. We're gonna set the standard higher. I tell you, don't swear." Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no, and that's the next thing that I want to look at, is the, the the what we should do. But but I'm sorry. Before I get in there, though, I don't. I'm trying. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself here. So so then, what we did was that something we shouldn't have done. Well, actually, taking oaths is not prohibited by the by the Bible. In fact, we see that there are many godly oaths. Abraham made an oath with Abimelech. Abraham made an oath with his servant. He says, promise me that you will go and you'll find a suitable wife for my son, right? We have so many examples of good and godly oaths, but these oaths are not for the purpose of being deceitful, not for the purpose of gaining and saying and trying to deceit someone and to be able to obtaining something. But instead, this is a promise to God as a response of his faithfulness and his kindness. And all we can do is by God's grace, Thank you and help me be responsible for what I have. That's the difference. There is no deceit there. It is only gratitude and the Lord honors that. But here's the thing. We can just say, yes, we will do what we will do. Because if we're honest, if we're righteous people, then our yes means something, doesn't it? Or we can say no. Okay, then you're off the hook. But we don't need to swear. We don't need to make all these elaborate promises for nothing, all right? And that's essentially what Jesus is saying. And so let's keep going there. Let's go back to James. So now this makes sense where he says, do not sweat, swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. And so now let's look at this particular instruction. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's simple. It's straightforward. It's straightforward. Yet it's difficult, isn't it? Just say what you're, you mean and mean what you say. And if you don't know, say, I don't know. Just be real. Be honest. It's what we do, and that's how we become trustworthy people. I want you to think of your best friend, if you have one. Why is that person your best friend? Because you can trust that person. Because that person has the best interest for you, right? Right? Because you have this agreement with one another, maybe unspoken agreement, but you're going to look after each other's well-being. You're going to be honest with each other. If you have a booger on your face, your best friend's going to tell you, you got a booger on your face, and I'm telling you because I love you, right? It's not like, you're fine. (laughs) We need to be truthful with one another. We need to be honest. We need to know that we can count on each one of us. Uh, that's a characteristic of a genuine faith in Jesus Christ. Integrity is of utmost importance in any individual's life. This is why we don't need to swear. Because if we are people of integrity, then we say what we mean, right? And those people who are of integrity are the most trustworthy people you will ever come across, hands down. If, those pe- if there's people who keep having to make promises because they really want you to be convinced of what they're saying, Mm, I don't know what else to say about that. Let's just mean what we say and do what we mean and move forward, all right? Be diligent, be honest, be the light, be full of integrity, be full of holiness because if we do such a thing, then swearing is completely unnecessary. You know, like... Tony says, I'll watch the baby. Do you swear you won't drop her? No, I'll just watch the baby and I'll be careful. Okay? That's all we need to do. It's that simple. It's that good. And so the next thing, why? The reason. Well, James provides us with a reason. He says, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So if we remain in the habit of swearing false oaths, then we are warned that we will fall under God's judgment. That's what that means. Why? Because we are liars. And in that case, we would be uh, uh, offending or let's say guilty against the third commandment. So if we go to Exodus chapter 20, the third commandment says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So to swear falsely, to swear in the name of God and not mean it, let's say, is one way of taking his name in vain. And the Lord will judge accordingly, will judge justly, because he is perfect in all of his ways. He will do what he will do in love and in justice. That is the character of God. And so if we are truly saved, let's say, if you're truly walking in the way of the Lord, guess what? What? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We will not be condemned, but instead we are justified and will be sanctified until the day of glorification. Isn't that good news? Romans 8.1 says, For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is a promise of God. So for those who are constantly growing, continually being instructed by the word of God, we are going to be changed for the better. We are going to be changed into the image of Christ where people want to know what's going on with you. What's, there's something different about you. Was it the haircut? Maybe you just got the booger off your face, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just something different this is called sanctification is to be more and more like Christ. And so James is not saying that, hey, if you uh, just speak the truth all the time, you'll no longer be vulnerable to lying. It's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, let's just continue to grow. Let's just mean what we say. Let's do what we have to do. And let's remember that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because those who are in Christ Jesus are convicted for the lying that happens. Those who are in Christ Jesus repent continuously for the shortcomings in our lives. And those who are in Christ Jesus receive his salvation and his grace. And by grace, we move forward each and every day. And by grace, we will raise our future generations to be heralds of truth. And only by God's grace can we do such a thing because we don't even have the ability to decide if I want gray hair or black hair. You know, we are limited in our ability. However, we have the resources. We have the ability to be faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ. So quit swearing. This is of utmost importance because those who swear are probably liars, right? Let's not be characterized like that, but instead let's walk in spirit and in truth. Let's be diligent because our words matters. So, for the believer and this is our challenge each and everyone here yes means yes and no means no don't don't make it tricky right just mean what you say yes means yes and follow through no means no and if you need to change your mind on that no make sure you make it clear we don't need to speak in code As Christians, we just say what we mean according to the will of God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word in this time together. We ask you, Father, to move in our hearts and our minds that you would help us be more like you each and every day. Lord, forgive our shortcomings. Forgive us, Father, for needing to take shortcuts every time by maybe saying a fib or a lie here and there. Lord, we don't want that in our lives. We ask that you would move that from our lives, Lord Jesus, that we would be able to reflect you well, that people will no longer wonder why Christians are so weird and messed up, but instead that they would actually see you in our lives. That's our prayer. That's our petition to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, remind us constantly to be trustworthy. Remind us, Lord Jesus, to walk in your grace, Father. Remind us, Father, of the things that break your heart. Help us see it. Help us understand it. That we would come to you in repentance, Lord Jesus, knowing and understanding that you are such a good God, that you are a friend to us. And Lord, in your kindness, you have made a way for redemption. In your kindness and in your love for us, we are not left to the condemnation that is due to us, rightly due to us, but instead we are brought in as heirs, as friends of the Most High. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.